Hey everybody, welcome to episode two of Tent Pegs and Tabernacles with Micah and Delana Wood. We're really excited to keep walking down this road of what it looks like to live a tent peg lifestyle. If for some reason you missed episode one, I'll just give a quick recap to what we mean when we say that, the explanation behind the title of this podcast, and then we're going to take a little further and talk about how it applies not only in our lives, but also your life as well as you follow the Lord's leadership in your life. So a tent peg lifestyle is living in this tension of stability and mobility, where you are planted by God in places and in seasons where you're able to be an active contributor to the culture where God places you. But you also live in a way that you are mobile um, as the voice of God begins to move you into different seasons and then sometimes into different places geographically. And of course, the, the tabernacle lifestyle is that all of that is done in the context of ministry to the Lord as you seek to follow his heart. So that's a very, um, honestly, oversimplified and not fully accurate description of Tent Pegs and Tabernacles. So I encourage you to go back and check out episode one if you missed that to get the full rundown of what that means and what this podcast is all about. But what we want to talk about today is, you know, there are certain areas of your life that honestly you, you can't ignore and you shouldn't ignore as you seek to be mobile in terms of the mission God's given you. There are certain areas that really um, call the stability factor to your mind. For some people, that's career. For all people, that's finances. For a lot of people, that's things like homes that they own. And and so what we want to do is we want to talk about a particular area in which we all need stability in our lives, and it's important for us to take care of that as we're seeking to be mobile. So the area we want to talk about today is the area of family, especially children. And how does that work in a mobile lifestyle? So to talk about that, we're going to do that through some of our own story as we have followed the Lord's leading to Manchester, England. Um, But then we'll also look at it from a biblical perspective. There are a few places in Scripture we want to kind of call your attention. And hopefully through those two things, the Lord will be able to speak to you. Love, is there anything you want to say just in general introduction to this idea and this topic we're going to be discussing today? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's um, something that obviously I feel very invested into, care about very deeply. This has been a huge part of our journey uh, is figuring out how to um, think about family within the context of the call of the Lord and how do you how do you steward that well? You know, how do you steward the call that the Lord has given you faithfully? How do you also take the children and the family that the Lord has given you as a gift and steward that properly as well and do it all uh, in an honorable way before the Lord that, um, you know, it's always been super important to us, you know, to um, cultivate a healthy family structure all centered around the fear of the Lord and following the voice of the Lord. And so how do you raise your children in that? How do we do this together as a family? So um, I think that's this is a huge part of our heart. Anybody that knows us knows this is a huge part of our heart. So I think it's going to be really fun to kind of conversationally, the two of us get to go back and forth and talk about some of these topics and themes. Yeah, I agree. This topic is really big, and it's so big, sometimes I'm a little bit wonder, I wonder a little like, okay, where do we start with this? And so maybe let's start with some personal stories that can serve as inroads into the heart of the matter, and then from there we'll begin to kind of fill it out. So in October of 2021, 
that's when God spoke to us to move from Hamilton, Alabama to Manchester, England. However, about a week beforehand, Delana received a prophetic word as we were ministering at a church in Ohio. So Delana, why don't you tell that story? Because I think it's a good way to maybe begin this discussion. Yeah, we were ministering in Ohio at a really wonderful church. And honestly, we were in a place where we felt some transition in our lives, but we really didn't have a grid for what that even meant. We definitely didn't think it meant moving. Um, but as we were exploring that and we had been praying several months into this really, you know, you get to those places, you're desperate for a word from the Lord, like, Lord, what is it? What are you saying? Give us some direction. You know, we'll be obedient. Just speak to us. And, um, so really we didn't even know how on the cusp of this massive word of transition we were, um, but we go to this church and wonderful pastors there. And, um, the pastor's wife came up to me at the end of this um, time of ministry that we did and gave me a prophetic word and said, you know, I'm not really sure if this is for you, for your husband, for both of you, but I feel like there's at least one of you that maybe is very detail oriented. And she said, I know this sounds very simple, but I felt the Lord says to you, he's going to dot every I and cross every T that he's going to take care of all of the details. And so obviously I just open heartedly, like receive that word. I'm like, Lord, anything you speak. Yes. I wanted to absorb that and take it to heart. And so, but, but honestly, I didn't know exactly what it meant or what specifically it applied to. And it's so kind of the Lord to kind of give you preliminary words <laughs> for the words that he knows are coming to you because he knew that this word about us kind of uprooting our family, moving around the world, you know, one of the big things that was going to be a place of concern for us would be our children. You know, for anyone who's a parent, you know, you're willing to brave a lot of things, endure a lot of things, but when you know that it has a massive impact on your kids, it just takes it to another level. So it was so kind of the Lord to give us this word. I'm going to dot every I, I'm going to cross every T. And so as we have walked out this journey, we've, we have really been able to see where the Lord has done that in in the lives of our kids. He's still doing it and there's still things to come. So I just, I love that word. And it's still something we still talk about, you know, even when we're still trusting the Lord for certain details and things like that. Um, that's definitely something I feel like we are hinging a lot of our faith on. Yeah. And when she gave you the word, didn't she initially say, I'm going to, the Lord says he's going to dot every I cross every T and he's going to take care of all the details. And I think it's something involving something your kids. Something to do with your kids. That's right. Yeah, something to do with your kids, as, as we've seen. Which was which was really important because the next week, God spoke to us and said, move to Manchester, England. And of course, as Delaney just said, your initial thought is, well, what does this mean for our kids? Right. I mean, they're very planted in the schools here. They have friends. They have a life at church. Um, they're very involved in sports. What does that mean for them? But then we were able to go back and say, well, wait a minute. Before we like go really far down that road, the Lord's already given us a promise. And the promise is regarding our kids, he's already, already dotted every I, crossed every T. He's taking care of all the details. So I want to tell you just, um, you know, let's maybe discuss a little bit of those details because it's really been interesting to see how the Lord has worked in regard to that. Uh, we can't cover everything, but just hit a few highlights to give you know everyone a paradigm. So the next day, so that happened on a Tuesday that the Lord spoke to us to move to Manchester. The next day on a Wednesday, you know, we had basically just discussed that between ourselves. 
we had not really obviously taken this word about Manchester and gone to a lot of other people. Just very, very close, very, very tight. We were not going to tell our children yet until we had processed it for a while because that could be very destabilizing for our kids to hear something like, hey, God just spoke to us to go to Manchester when we don't know yet what it looks like, what it means, timelines, and then, you know, there's a possibility of also that information leaking through our kids to other people. (laughs) Very true. So, but, and I know that Delana would not have wanted me to do this, but the next morning I'd gone out to breakfast with Jack and Ezra, that's our two oldest, we have four, And so I wanted to gauge what they would think about us moving somewhere else without actually (laughs) implying that we were thinking about moving somewhere else. So I kind of wanted to say something without saying it. And so I came up with this idea. I said, okay, guys, me, Jack, and Ezra at breakfast, I say, hey, let's play a game called What If. We all have to make up a scenario and say, what if this happened? And then we all have to respond based upon that scenario. And in my mind, I'm already thinking, I'll throw out eventually, what if we move to a different city? That's what I'm thinking. So, but I didn't tell them that. So I said, Jack, you go first. So Jack says, all right, what if we move to another city? And so I'm shocked that that's the one he starts with. But I'm, I'm trying to keep it cool. I look at Ezra, I say, Ezra, what do you think about that? Would you want to go to another city? And Ezra goes, no unless it's Manchester. And when he said that the next day, I was amazed because it was like the Lord confirming. Now, Mm -hmm. obviously they already had Manchester awareness because of our ramp location in Manchester. So it's not like Manchester was totally off their radar. But the other way I think the Lord has really prepared their heart was through FIFA, as funny as that sounds. Uh, Obviously here in the UK, we refer to it as football. In the US, we call it soccer. But the whole world of FIFA and Premier League soccer, they had throughout the years, of course, played soccer there in Alabama, but it's not a super popular thing. So, But they've been playing it since they were kids, small children. Then they got like an Xbox and started playing FIFA and got really connected to their favorite teams in Premier League. Jack's favorite team is Manchester United. Go United. That's our family. <laughs> um, but then Ezra wanted to be like the different guy. So he's for Liverpool, which is kind of a, is an intense ri- rivalry within the home. <laughs> um, so they started loving all these Premier League teams. And so when this idea eventually came up of going to England, they're already deeply connected to moving to England because that year, without us knowing at all that we were coming to England, Jack had a decision to make in the world of sports that he was playing there in Alabama. And his decision was, do I stay with baseball or do I stay with soccer? Because in our school system, those seasons happened simultaneously and he had to choose. And it was really hard because his baseball friends, I mean, his friend's dad has had coached him for years. It was like this crew that had all grown up together for about, I don't know, six, seven years. And so there was a lot of um, expectation that this team would kind of go all through high school together and play baseball. But Jack decided, I'm going to go with soccer rather than baseball. And that seems like a, like a small thing. It was a really big thing. And we encouraged Jack, buddy, pray about what decision you're going to make. And again, it doesn't seem like a, a massive thing on the scale of eternity and missional decisions. But it was one of those small details, just like Premier League soccer, just like all these other ways God prepared us, God prepared our children by knitting their hearts to the sport 
that is most prevalent within England. So I'll tell you one more story because I think this other story kind of feeds into this larger concept, not just of God preparing things in your life for major missional moves, but um, really gets deeper into the world of family philosophy that we'll jump into. So as Lord spoke to us to move to Manchester, again, we processed that October, November, December, and then in January, we felt a release to tell our kids about it. As we were telling our kids the prophetic storyline, we talked about the word in Ohio, we talked about how God spoke to us, moved to Manchester, then I told Jack and Ezra, I said, guys, do you remember that morning that we went to breakfast? And Jack, you said, what if we move to another city? And Ezra, you said, I don't want to do that unless it's Manchester. And they said, yeah, of course. I said, that was a major moment of confirmation because God, the day before, spoke to us to move to Manchester. When I said that, Ezra, from the depths of his soul, as genuine, as sincere as he could be, stood up on his feet with his fist above his head saying, I'm a part of God's story. He was so amped that what he said fit into the prophetic storyline. And that moment, more than anything, was another... um, Again, confirmation, I'm using that word a lot, but it was another moment of affirmation that this storyline is not just Delena and I following God's voice. We as a family are stepping into God's story. And so, love, why don't you talk about that just a bit, that idea of as a family, God calls us and we're together living out the storyline. Absolutely. I I love it so much. You know, from the get-go, I, early in our marriage, even before we had children, I think it was a, a huge value for each of us to, um, you know, to do whatever the Lord had called us to do as a family. You know, I, we just didn't want to, um, you know, be the kind of parents in ministry that, <clears throat> that left our children all the time to go do ministry somewhere or to travel. And that's not to say that there's not a time or a place for those things to happen. We've, taken several trips and done things for ministry and left our kids with family and things like that. But, but as the overarching like storyline, we wanted to know we were doing this together as a family. And I remember years ago, just you really wrestling with some of these things in my heart because, you know, you know, sometimes, um, you know, when the Lord calls you to do something, it, it is a joy, but it can be very sacrificial in a lot of different ways. And, um, you know, it's like a lot of late nights. I'm thinking about the, the conferences we were doing and, you know, it'd be really, really late. And so I'm bringing pajamas to put on my toddlers, you know, as we're, as we're staying late and, you know, should I, should I go home and put them in bed or should I keep them in the presence of God? And, you know, should I take them home to nap or should I just bring them here and we're going to wing it? You know, all those little decisions that, that really as a parent, you can wrestle with because you want to, um, you know, protect them a lot of the ways, create a great environment for them to grow up in. You want to take care of their natural needs. Um, but we really felt like we had this conviction from the Lord to just entrust the Lord with our kids and obviously doing this with wisdom, you know, when they, when they're unwell or when, you know, it's been too much and we're going to have them at home, we're going to take care of their needs. But we also have this deep commitment to like having them in the presence of the Lord. And I remember the Lord really dealing with my heart and saying, you know, if, if I have called you to do something, if I've called you and your husband to a lifestyle within full-time ministry, and then I've also given you children 
which the Bible says children are a gift from the Lord. They are a heritage from the Lord. This is a good thing. If the Lord is giving us these children and he's giving us this call, then he, he is wanting us to do this as a family. God's heart is for families and uh, the passing down from, from generation to generation. And there's some things that you can't just talk about. They have to be absorbed by doing it, by experiencing it together. And, and I just remember, you know, thinking, wow, when the Lord gives us a call, we all know this, he gives us a grace to be able to walk in the thing that he's called us to do. This uh, supernatural ability doesn't mean it isn't difficult. It doesn't mean that it's not trying at times and hard and sacrificial, but there is, there is a supernatural ability to do it that comes from God. I remember hearing the Lord just tell me, if I have given you a grace to do this, then I have given your children a grace to be in this family, a grace to live this lifestyle. And I think sometimes it's very easy, even from just like a, a really great parental heart of concern and compassion for our children to, to focus on natural needs. And obviously we want them to absorb the spiritual things as well. But I think just being able to, to really dedicate our children to the Lord, give them back to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, I trust you. I trust you with their natural needs, with their development, their spiritual development, the path that you are carving out for them. And so I think that's been a huge guiding principle for us that definitely played out um, very acutely in this move to Manchester was, okay, Lord, you've You've taken care of our kids so far. You have given them an ability to do this. And so we're going to, we're going to trust you here again, that we may not have all of the answers about why is the season right now? Why is it not later? Um, you know, what kind of impact is this going to make on them and their friendships, their opportunities, their, all of those things, even culturally, how's this going to impact their lives, being away from family who loves them, friends who love them. And, but you know, the Lord is so good to do exactly what he said he was he would do he has given them a grace to do it and not just a grace to do it but it's like it feels in a lot of ways yes there are sacrifices and things that they miss but overall they are having a great time they're enjoying it and the lord is doing really really cool things in their lives and i think a lot of that comes back to that principle of trusting the lord that you know if he has given us as their parents, a mission or a call or a word that we're supposed to be obedient to. Kids are not some addendum to that call. They're not a side issue. They're not something that the Lord has to go, oh, well, I really didn't consider that they would have kids. I guess this could maybe impact them. No, the Lord intended for us to do this together as a family unit. That is so good. And, you know, we received multiple words and we remind our kids of these words all the time. That, you know, Mike and Delana, this is not just your story. This is their story. Right. This is our kids' story. And so living as though they are not in addition or baggage that we drag along, that's right. not who they are. This is their story as well. They're a part of the story. So they're a part of the conversation. Their dreams matter. What they hear from God matters. All of that is central to family life. Um, you know, I had a dream during this process, again, back in that, that October, I refer to that October a lot because so much happened in 2021. I had a dream just to have the Lord spoke to us, go to Manchester. And in the dream, the Lord spoke to me and said, you think this move is a sacrifice for your children, but really it's an investment into them. And that really filled my heart with faith. And then just recently, 
I kind of saw that idea play out right around me. You know, so in January, I helped to lead a, a trip to Israel for a lot of YWAM's global leadership team. And I was just really impressed with these guys, uh, really loved being around them. You know what they're doing, they're very active in the nations. And as I begin to ask different people their story, a little bit of their testimony, I have found that many of them were actually second generation missionaries, that they were, had been born different places in the world, or if they were born in the States, they grew up in different places. And it really filled my heart with faith for my own children because I could see in living action right here in front of me, missionary kids that weren't resentful and, and bitter that they had been taken to other countries, but now they are continuing the legacy of their parents Absolutely. because their parents' story, it was their children's story, it was their story, and now they're living that out. You know, Delana mentioned something a moment ago about dedicating our children to the Lord. Um, I, again, that infamous October 2021, I had this other moment where we were at a conference at the ramp and our friend Jacob Peterson was preaching. And while he was preaching, he ended the service in sort of an unusual way. He said, I feel like we need to have a child rededication. That those of you that have children, you need to come to the altar right now and in your hearts rededicate your children to the Lord and commit them to the purposes of God. Well, I'm standing on the platform. And again, we had just had this whole prophetic swirl around us. So I did that in my heart. Say, Lord, I rededicate my children to you. And in that moment, revelation came about the necessity of dedicating our children, not just the ceremony you do at church when they're infants, but living a life that they are dedicated to the Lord. And here was the revelation. If I don't dedicate my children to the Lord, then I will become an obstacle to their obedience, and I'll use them as an excuse for my own disobedience. In other words, when I dedicate my children to the Lord, it is a statement that our lives do not revolve around them and their lives do not revolve around us. But our the life of our family, it revolves around the call of God. And again, and especially, maybe it's, maybe it's more American culture than other places. Maybe it's pervasive everywhere. I don't know. But it's so easy to make your own children the center point of your own existence now, I believe in investing into your children. Obviously, that's what this whole podcast is 100%, about. yeah. But their comfort is not the centerpiece of our existence. And we felt early on in marriage that that was a decision we're actively making. Our lives as a family revolve around the call of God. So dedicating your children in heart is absolutely essential. Otherwise, your own family becomes your greatest excuse for disobedience and not stability, but a stagnant lifestyle that is not able to move with the ebb and the flow mm -hmm. of the call of God. But love, why don't you talk about that revelation the Lord gave you concerning that scripture um, where Jesus seems rather harsh concerning family relationships, but it, but when you see it for what it is, it actually brings into focus the way in which family dynamics are meant to maybe function and operate. Yeah, I love the verse. Actually, I wish I had it pulled up with me here right now. Um, where the man comes to Jesus and, you know, Jesus says, follow me. And he says, first, let me bury my father. And Jesus responds in what seems so harsh and, you know, without compassion and just feels so difficult to, to really swallow this. And he says to him, let the dead bury the dead. You follow me. And I really, I think as probably a lot of us have, every time I would read that, I would think, 
Jesus, I trust you. I know what you do is right. I, I just, I don't know how to swallow this. It seems very difficult. You know, it seems contradictory in a lot of ways to what the precedent that we've seen set through the word, which is like, honor your father and your mother, take care of them when they're in, you know, their aging health and things like this. It's like you, you would think this would be an honorable thing that Jesus would value and respect from this man. And I remember one time reading this passage and it's like, oh, this like moment happened for me where I saw it differently. And I didn't see it just as this, because, you know, a lot of times when we read the word, we read very, you know, sequentially and like, oh, how quickly something is said and between when it's said and when it happens. And so, you know, every time I was reading it, I was picturing this man's father has just passed away. It's time for the funeral ceremony. Why can't you, Jesus, wait a few days, give him a week of mourning time and let him bury his father and, and grieve his father's death. And then, you know, he can you know, give you the rest of his life, follow you as your disciple. And it just hit me differently. I was like, wow, you know, I wonder if this really is speaking not to just these moments in our lives of like, you know, what this man was going through with his father, but what if, what if it wasn't about his father had just passed away? What if this was a season of life for him? Or he says, wow, Jesus, I would love to follow you. What an honor to be asked to follow you. Unfortunately, my parents are aging. It's not a great time in my life to drop everything and follow you. You know, could we wait until maybe my parents pass on? And then when I don't have them to take care of anymore, then I can give you the rest of my life. And it just like hit me like a ton of bricks. How many times do we look at our response to the call of God through that lens where it's like it always seems like there is... Uh, when the Lord gives us the call, it's always at an inconvenient time. It's always when we feel like we, it's not the right time and we don't have the right resources. We're not prepared. It seems like the worst time for the Lord to give us an assignment or a mission or a call. And we're always looking for a better time in our lives to do it. You know, so it'd be very easy for us in this situation to go, oh, Lord, you know, We would love to do this and go to Manchester, but really my kids are very involved in school right now. Could we just maybe wait until the younger ones are all in high school so this is a little easier? Maybe then it becomes, actually, could we just wait till maybe our kids finish school and, you know, we're empty nesters? Then we could really say yes to the call of God. It's like, oh, but now my parents are aging and should we take care of them and things? There's always going to be something. There's always going to be a reason to neglect the call of God, to push it to a, to another season. And I feel like the invitation is there for a reason. It's there for a lot of reasons. But the Lord is saying, can you trust me with the trajectory of your life? Can you trust me with your times and your seasons? And even though it doesn't look like a good time, there's never a perfect time to follow the voice of God. There's never a perfect time when you have all of your ducks in a row and, and you are financially where you want to be and you are, you have the education or the training that you feel like you need to have, or, you know, maybe it's like, Oh, I just want to wait until I finish university or college. And, Oh, let me just get my career off the ground. And then I could wait, uh, but I really feel like I just need to get married. And once that piece falls into place, then God, I can really, really say yes to what you're asking me to do. Then it's like, Oh, but what if we hit, we just, really need to settle down and have kids first. And then the kids become the stumbling block and it's one thing after another. So I just feel like that 
parable the Lord was telling just hit me so heavy. And I feel like it comes back to me time and time again, you know, when there's an inconvenience in regards to the call of the Lord or something that he's asking us to step out and to do that's inconvenient, just to remember there's never going to be a perfect time. I'm going to trust the Lord with my times, my seasons, my children, my finances, my education, my life goals, all of those things. Amazing. I have nothing to add to that. You just said it so well. And um, so if for some reason you were listening to this podcast and you zoned out over the last few moments because you were focusing on some gym equipment or uh, trying to get your you know coffee temperature right, just go back a few minutes and re-listen to that whole section because it's so good. There is always a reason to defer obedience to another season. Right. That seems more convenient, seems more comfortable, it makes more sense to the natural mind and the responsibilities we carry, but it's important to do exactly what Delana said, allow yourself to be interrupted and to respond to the call of God. And then I think the overarching message of this podcast, this episode, yes, there's tons of application for family, for children especially, but I think if you take it out broader to any area of your life, those areas of your life that you know do need stability, you can trust God to bring stability as you're obedient yes. in mobility. So as you are as you're faithful to follow God's storyline for your life, he knows how to settle every area. For us, big question was, but Lord, we're in a season of like our kids, they're like in the ripe years of their childhood. You know, the, <laughs> the four children, the youngest is seven, the oldest is 15. These are the ripe years of their childhood. You know, it seems very destabilizing. And we've been able to see the hand of God bringing a stability to them, a, a joy to them that we could not manufacture or create in our own strength. And so you can trust him in that. Yeah, I, I think too, I'm just reminded of the verse that says, you know, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. I think being able to just go, okay, I know we have really great ideas about our abilities to, you know, think about what is stable for our family and what we need to have in order. Of course, God gives us the the wisdom and the ability to do that. But ultimately, God knows what he's doing, you know, and, and the futility of our thinking, we can't always grasp that overarching plan that the Lord has, but he really does know what he's doing. And he's, you know, we, we rack our brains for all the possibility. Well, maybe God could be doing this, or maybe God could open a door here or there. Maybe he's doing this. And I think most of the time the Lord's probably laughing because we have no idea yeah. what he's actually, you know, planning for us. The things that he has already written, he's written every one of our days already written in his book. So he already knows the things that we're going to step into I think just being able to to take our lives and our really great ideas and our, you know, 10-year plans and, you know, whatever that looks like and just give it to the Lord and go, okay, Lord, I, I've got all these great plans, but if you are saying to step out in this arena or to put this area that seems totally logical and maybe even from the Lord on hold, and that's the thing is like so many times... The call of God does not make sense in the natural. It doesn't make sense to the way that we think, to the way that we plan, to the structures of the world around us. It doesn't. And I think the Lord loves doing that. I think he does it intentionally to prove to us he really is the one in control. And if we will actually yield 
our lives, our decisions, all those things to him, he actually does it a better way, much better than the way we would have planned for it to go. You know, and I don't think that that means that we don't have good plans or we should always throw our plans at the window. Make your plans, make, make the plans for your life, but ultimately let the Lord determine your steps. So good. Well, as a, a final thought here, I think that really summarizes what you just said. Why don't you share with them what you um, heard in prayer the other day? We were praying for someone about ideas. Your ideas are good. That whole thing. It's just so good. Yeah. I just, you know, we were praying over a friend and um, just really listening to hear from the Lord. Like, Lord, what are you saying over this person? And I felt like I just heard as clear as day, just the Lord say, you have really good ideas, but mine are better. And I think that applies in so many different ways. I really, to all of us, mm-hmm. it's, the Lord loves our ideas. He wants us to be creative. It's, it's his nature in us that gives us the ability to come up with really great ideas. And a lot of times he lets us execute those and we do it and it brings glory to him. It blesses others. It gives us fulfillment and joy, but ultimately he is the creator. He is the ultimate creative one. So his ideas are always going to trump our ideas. And so I think, especially when it comes to these areas where we, we have deep questions and wrestlings and we feel unsettled about what does this mean for our future? What does this mean for our families? What does this mean for, you know, all the, the things that this will, will impact? I think just being able to go, Lord, you, your ideas are even better than mine. Even the story that you have for my life is better than the story that I came up with. Yeah. Because mine is limited in its scope. It's limited in its ability. So I'm going to entrust it to the creator, the one who, who literally knit me together and gave me a purpose. I'm going to give that back to him and let him do what he wants to do with it. So good. Well, just to finish this, I'm going to throw some phrases at you guys from the book of Proverbs. Trusting the Lord, trusting the Lord, lean not to your own understanding, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your steps. So, you know, we make plans, but then the Lord's interruptions will challenge our understanding. That's why it says, lean not to your own understanding. He'll direct your steps regarding children, regarding family, regarding all the things that the Lord knows that we need some sense of stability. He knows that. You can trust him with that and follow his voice as he leads you. So thanks for listening to this second episode from Tent Pegs and Tabernacles. We look forward to um, sharing more thoughts with you soon.